ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another edition of Nosebleeds. Lou Orlando joined by Brian Raybacks and Caleb Stein. Guys, before we get into everything, how are you both doing? I'm doing well, Lou. You know, this is an exciting time. We're home now. School's over. So all the attention can be shifted towards baseball. New York baseball might be coming back. There's a chance. Might be back on the rise. So I'm excited to get into it. And especially with you guys, I'm really excited. I'm feeling good. You know, making my podcast debut. Let's go. This is this is a big moment for the pod. Huge moment for the huge pod. moment for the pod. If you think about it, um, I'm sure you've had other Sox fans on before in the, in its history. I'm not sure what it would look like this year. I I think we've had a few Sox fans on. They've come and gone. Yeah, they've come and gone. out. Time they're like a Freel. I'm trying to go Freel. Chaz. Sam Davis is a Sox fan. Davis. Yes, always yeah. forget about that. I forget about it too because he's you know he's you know been a Mets beat reporter. Um. Yeah, so it's you know it's good to be back, back in the back in the swing of things with FUV, and you know even though the Sox aren't doing too hot, it's it's electric to be on the pod. So, well, Brian, you kind of said it. Feels like New York baseball might be back. How about we? How about we start with the New York Metropolitans because you know they had been in a little bit of a slide. How about a little bit, a lot, lot bit of a slide. So the last last few weeks have not been kind to Mets fans, but I don't know where they go. They take two out of three from the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in baseball. I pose the question, are the Mets back? I would say I lean towards yes, because I think the the struggles that they showed early on was uncharacteristic of what this team was capable of. And in the last two games, they've shown what they can be. Now, the question is going to be the pitching and the health going forward. But right now, they have all their guys, and they've been doing well. I mean, the last two wins over the Rays – were huge. I mean, you look at that game on Wednesday where they get the huge 10-inning win. Pete Alonso has a huge walk-off. I think that was huge in injecting life back into this Mets roster because they had really been going through a tough stretch for about a month now. And then get another win yesterday, you take two out of three over what's been the best team in the league so far this season. And I saw another stat that it was their first stretch of consecutive wins in about a month. So that kind of shows what the last like 20 games or so has been for the New York Mets. And they've been losing to a lot of teams below 500. But I think these two wins can be a really big step in the right direction. Inject life back into the franchise, except life back in the city, and then get confidence moving forward. Now you play the Guardians this weekend. That's a team that you can take care of. You can take two out of three from them, get back above 500. I mean, it could be it could be a nice month of May for the Mets and then look use that going forward. So I kind of like what I've seen in the last couple of days. And Caleb, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I kind of think they're on the right trajectory here. We're seeing a turning point for sure. I mean, with that poor Pete walk off that, you know, statistically doesn't mean much. It's one game, but that's going to set the Mets up for success, certainly down to the end of May and early June to where they'll probably go. 600 in the next two weeks i think is a is a is a fair statement to say they're going to win the majority of their series as i think in the month of june especially if you look at the schedule 
it's not too challenging except when they play the the Bronx Bombers towards uh there, there's, there's a couple stretches they got Atlanta in there it, it yeah. looked worse earlier when you saw Atlanta Pittsburgh and the Yankees and Pittsburgh was on top of the world now they have kind of come back to earth but right St. Louis getting hot if Houston's hot by June there are a lot of big games in, in, in June I don't know I'm a, I'm a little worried about June for the Mets I think you can you can make a case that every series that they play in June is tough because it's Philadelphia, Toronto, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Yankees, Cardinals, Astros, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Sandra. No, no way. Yeah. yeah, it's a gauntlet. I think one thing that I think is huge for the Mets going forward is the offense. Hmm. And with a healthy offense, that's going to be massive for them going forward. It's just about similar situation, actually, in a lot of ways to the Red Sox, where their pitching has been okay and has you know dropped the ball no pun intended a lot of times throughout the season but it's really their offense that they have to rely on and I'm wondering what the sort of the structural changes personnel changes what you know who needs to step up who needs to to adjust to kind of get a more fuller team for the Mets going forward for the season because I think the offense is there well you know I think we're seeing one of those structural changes they called up Gary Sanchez oh it's huge Captain. The, the Sanchez is back. He's back in New York baseball. But no, I think the Mets offense, it just needed to wake up a little bit. I still think there are valid concerns. Like, I think Starling Marte mm. isn't having a great season. I think that's kind of up for concern as to what he's going to do later on in the season because he's not getting any younger. And I've been saying this really since April that he could be someone to look out for. But we'll see. Time will tell with him. Lindor will get better. I know he's off to a sluggish start to start the season, but he will improve. And then Pete Alonzo's obviously having a great season. So I just think if they can get step steps up from the guys that they need to, like Francisco Alvarez, he's been having an okay. He's had his ups and downs, but if he can start hitting, that would be huge for the offense. And then people like to rag on Vogelback. Vogelback's numbers aren't even that bad when you look at them. And then you have Brett Beatty coming up and he's done a solid job. So there are pieces here, and if the right pieces can come in there and bring life back into it, this offense, like you said, Caleb, can thrive, and then you have to depend on the health of the pitching staff as well. Here's why I, I don't think that they're out of the woods just yet. I think this is – obviously, this series against the Rays was huge for being a turning point and injecting some life into this team. But, right, the, the, the pitching's been awful, and I think, listen, it was non-negotiable that if this team has World Series aspirations that you need Verlander and Scherzer healthy and right. I think that's still up for debate. I'm not too worried about Verlander. I know he got blown up in his last start. I think he's looked pretty One good. Uh, Scherzer, I, listen, right? The There's reason to be concerned about Scherzer, I think. Right. He looked good coming back. Granted, he pitched against Washington, so how much do you, do you weigh that? But So I think even if you have your – even if Verlander and Scherzer get right from a pitching side, I think there are still questions. I actually have a lot of faith and confidence in Kodai Sanga. Like, I think he's been great so far. I think he's going to continue to get better. That still leaves two rotation spots where it's like, hey, what's going on here? Is Tyler McGill, he got, he pitched a great game against Tampa Bay. Is he the guy? Is he, does he have that consistency in him? We've seen the flashes. I personally don't think he has the consistency in him, and I don't think David Peterson does either. So pitching's already a concern, and then you go to the offense, and you know, I think you could you could have these conversations with the Yankees too, and the Yankees' offense was slug, was struggling, but the Yankees could always rest on. We had guys hurt. Guys, more or less, this is the Mets' offense and the scary thing for me is that i think you get to a point where you have to start relying on the kids have to hit but the kids have to be like legitimate hitters so it's like 
you think back to that game that they won in, in 10 innings and you think back to the Rays series. Yes, Alonzo homers in every game, and that's huge. But in that comeback game, Vientos homers, Alvarez homers to tie it up. Like the kids are going to need to bang. And I think that's a scary thing because I don't have faith in Escobar getting back to the form we saw in the second half of last year. I'm not sure about Starling Marte. Starling Marte looks really bad right now. You think Lindor's going to get back, but how long does it take him to get back to top form where it's, you're putting a lot of, a lot of pressure on these kids to like, they need to hit. That's a really tough situation. Yeah. But so far, a lot of these kids have done a pretty good job. I you love Brett Beatty. I think Brett Beatty's been amazing. Brett Beatty's but, been very good to start. And I think they're going to have up and over. downs. Like it's, that's going to happen. And when they have their downs with the rest of the lineups down too, you're going to go through these long stretches. And I don't know that you can overcome another long losing skit. No. And you got to result. We got to rely on your top guys to get the job done. You need Nimmo, Alonzo, McNeil, and Lindor to hit. And given the name of those guys, they should be hitting during the season. And I know they're not going to be perfect all the time, but you got to rely on those guys to kind of carry the load a little bit, especially with guys struggling and then relying on these kids. These kids are going to have their ups and downs, as you mentioned, but Rep Beatty, people have wanted him on this roster for a long time. And then with Escobar's struggles, he's gotten there and he's done well in the opportunity he's been given. And even Alvarez, Alvarez's numbers don't look great, but he's shown flashes of being the good hitter that we've expected him to be. And his numbers, they're not that far off from Anthony Volpius, and at least in his first couple of months. So I think that there should be patience with him and the job he's been doing so far. It's been he's been doing he's been doing what's been asked of him. He's been doing well. I'm not mad at the kids. It's more the fact that they have to be the hitters in the middle of the like they have to be the guys that are hitting. Like it's more about the Mets and the way that their offense has been structured where when their top guys are struggling than it is about the kids. Like the kids should have the opportunity to do what Volpe's doing right now and kind of go through his ups and downs. Well, it's all about dependency on people who maybe shouldn't have that pressure on them in an ideal world. And that's a that's a situation where you know you look at what needs to happen and if that's a fair expectation on the part of the kids. And I think that's the, I mean, that's this entire conversation. Is that a fair expectation to expect certain guys like your Escobars to really, you know, you know, he's batting 211 right now in 2023. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't been good, but yeah. In an ideal world, Francisco Lindor is going to be giving you better than 225 with a 718 OPS. It's not right. going to do it. Exactly. Marcana is going to be doing better than hitting 227. Uh, the list can go on. Marte is going to be doing better than what he's doing right now. And I, I'm not even going to count Escobar because his great couple of months at the end of last year is kind of an outlier of his Mets career so far. So Nimmo's been doing all right, batting just just under 300. Nimmo, and Nimmo's close scan that OPS up to 800. Like he's got a 799 OPS. Like Nimmo and Alonso have been the two bats that have been good for the most part. Already has 50 hits in the season. So yeah, yeah. So they had they had their guys. And it just means that they have to, the guys have to play to the back of their baseball card. So, and particularly Lindor, if, if Marte is not going to pick up the slack, then Lindor has got to start hitting. He's got to be doing better. And it's going to put less pressure on these young guys who are playing in their first couple of games in their career. It's going to put less pressure on them and kind of ease, ease the lineup a little bit and have it structured out, layered out better. So you have your top heavy guys and then your middle bottom of the order can be the Canas and the Beatties and the Alvarez that can that can help give a jolt that the bottom of the lineup needs. So if the Mets hitters can figure this out, they can have success going forward. And then it just comes down to 
their pitching and the health of that staff, which I think myself, along with a lot of others, are very concerned with. And I will just kind of wrap up this Mets talk. I'll I'll come just short of saying imperative, but like would be really big if the Mets can win these next three series, Cleveland, Chicago, Colorado. They can they if can beat can, Cleveland for sure. If, if you can get a sweep of Colorado too, like listen, the way we've talked about what June looks like for them, if you can get your wins now and kind of ride the good vibes of taking a series against Tampa Bay, I think it gives you a little bit of a lane to go. If you go 500 in June, I don't think that's the end of the world. I think like that's, no. you'd rather go 500, but there's a potential there in June to go like play 300 ball, play 400 ball. And that puts you back. Listen, they didn't do well against Colorado the first time they played them. Right. They lost, they lost a couple of games there. So you never know. Baseball is a weird sport. It could be they win two out of three against the Rays, who are the best team in the league. Everything looks great. And then for all we know, they could drop two out of three to the Guardians, and then they could drop two out of three in Colorado. So you never really know, especially with how shaky this Mets team has been so far. So I like what I've seen in the last couple of days, and it's more reflective on what the Mets should be. But we know baseball. It's unpredictable. So the, the next 10 games or so are going to be telling of what we're looking at here. Let's shift over to the Bronx. Brian, me and you are very closely connected to this as beat reporters for the Yankees. I'd say this last week has been the best week that we've experienced so far. Splitting with Tampa Bay, but a gritty sweat, two of the best wins we've seen this season, followed by taking three or four in a contentious series with the Toronto Blue Jays. And it feels like for the Yankees, baseball is fun again. It's exciting. There's drama. There's maybe too much drama, but the bats are going and the Yankees are winning and they're winning against divisional opponents. Yeah, I kind of proclaimed this after the Tampa series over the weekend. The Yankees are fun again. They split that one, but they had some really nice comeback wins. And then this four-game set in Toronto kind of cemented the fact that I'm just going to say the the Yankees are back. And you look at the first month of the season where they had guys hurt. Harrison Bader was out. Stanton got hurt. Then Judge got hurt. And then all of a sudden, you're missing three of your top bats. And shocker, the lineup isn't producing as well. And then you have people panicking and calling the team a disgrace. But then they get Judge back, they get Bader back, and the lineup's been a lot better. It looks like a lot more of a complete lineup with Judge at the top. But by the way, Judge, his series in Toronto was just unbelievable what he was able to do there. He's got six homers in his last six games. He's been hitting the cover off the ball. And then you look at Rizzo with the season he's having, and Bader's provided a spark as well. So... I think with guys coming back, the lineup's been a lot better, and I don't think this should be a surprise. I think this is the Yankee team that we're looking at, and they're not that far out of the AL East either, thanks to the Mets winning a couple games against the Rays, as we mentioned. They sit at six and a half out, which is very doable down the stretch. So I like what I've seen, and that this is more reflective of the Yankees that they should be. And then if they can carry that over into a series this weekend against the Reds, they can cement themselves maybe eight, nine games above 500. And then from there, I think, Caleb, the Yankees are looking in a really good spot. They are. They are. As much as it pains me to say, they're back semi-personnel-wise. They're back as far as their form. They're swinging. They're hitting. They're doing what they should be doing when they've been in a position for the majority of the season so far to not do that. And again, that's the difference between the Yankees and the Mets right now is that the Mets are more or less at full strength, but are they reaching their full potential? Right. That's the question. The Yankees are kind of 
back. And I think they're also hitting their full potential. In a and way, they're still missing guys. Yeah. They're, they're still missing a lot saying. of their they're, pitching staff. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. They're doing exactly what they should be doing with the pretty crappy cards that they've been given so far. I think it's un, I think it's pretty crazy that they're doing what they're doing. You look at 26 yeah. and 20, given how many guys have been on the injured list this season, I think it should kind of be celebrated what they've done so far. They've yeah. been doing really well and honestly exceeding expectations given what they've been dealt. I You're think right. Yankee fans are used to the injuries every year that when they saw Judge and Stan and all the pitching stuff go down, and I think it helped that a lot of the stuff happened in the offseason where going in, you kind of knew – all right, they're going to be down Bader. They're going to be down Sebi. They're going to be down Rodon. That, like, the team still – you still had the winning expectations for the team so that you didn't factor in the injuries. And then it's like – I think a lot of Yankee fans underrated how important Harrison Bader was to this team, just both defensively, offensively, and just as a, as a spark plug. And then, obviously, you get Judge back and you go, oh, yeah, it kind of helps have the best hitter in baseball back in your lineup hitting monster bombs and, hey – even if he's looking to the side of the dugout, maybe maybe taking a couple. Uh, hey, hey! I don't know if we want to get. Be careful there's, with there's that. There's some 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 stuff going on in the Toronto series. They got a little contentious between Judge looking in the dugout, and then Herman gets ejected for more rosin stuff. Uh, not, the Herman thing was really bad. Herman's stupid. Uh, that that was that was egregious, like blatant use of foreign substances. And he had he had the conversation on Jackie Robinson Day where he had the substances and he got thoroughly checked and you have to stay in that game and it was the same umpiring crew yeah right like what like what's going on here you gotta at least learn from it at least it's it's like michael pineda again and it it puts the rotation in such a bad spot you even you see it in the way that it affected the rest of the the rest of the series and hey the yankees still take three out of four but like all their top bullpen guys aren't available in game four that like yeah we're going to ryan we're going to ryan weber and it's like let's ryan weber pitched his ass off this series Ryan Weber pitched some key innings but not only does Herman put you in a tough spot where he taxes out the bullpen you can't replace him on the roster he's suspended for 10 games so you're down a man like this is not what the Yankees need already down Sevy and Rodon and granted Sevy, I think is supposed to come back this weekend and make his Sunday. season debut on Sunday against the Reds yeah I mean Severino coming back is big huge and if they can get him healthy for the rest of the season which is a question mark given his history. But I think the Herman thing, it really puts them in a tough spot where they can't replace him on the roster. They can use Severino in there as kind of some like damage control. I don't know what to call it, but with that, like Clark Stebby's not gonna be stretched out. Stebby's not gonna be stretched out no. completely either. Like I you're not gonna get more than 70, 80 pitches out of him in his first 80s being generous too. You're gonna get maybe four innings out of him on Sunday right. and then still have to cover a lot of outs with the bullpen and the amount of games that they're playing in the amount of days. I think it's like 33 games in 34 days or something like that. They right. have one, they, to, one they, have, they have a day off this Monday, but they that's, that's their only day off. When you look from like April to June, it's, it, it's crazy. It's their first off day since May 4th. It's been, right. a, it's been a long stretch of games. And so with that, you have Severino coming back, but you have Johnny, you're gonna still have to rely on Johnny Brito and Clark Schmidt to stay in that rotation. And Clark Schmidt, it's no secret he's been an issue so far this year. So the Herman thing, it it gives him a tough challenge and sets them back a little bit. But Caleb, I think it's good to have Severino back. And then as long as you can get through these next 10 days or so, you're playing the Orioles and then going to Padres. I think the Yankees, if they can get through it, they'll be in good shape. 
yeah, the, the the next schedule, you know, for the next 10 days doesn't look terrible. But I mean, obviously, the Orioles Yankees is going to be huge for the Yankees picking up momentum in the division or not. I think given what I think the series will end up doing, I think the Yankees will pick up at least two. I think that's a fair. I think that Orioles series is going to be really interesting for both teams. I think the Orioles exactly. have shown a lot of promise so far this year, but haven't seen the Yankees since early April. So I think that's going to be a test. I think it'll definitely calibrate just going forward for the entire season. I think the Yankees will finish above the Orioles this year. Um, I don't think that's too hot of a take, but given how the first month of the season went, that's, you know, obviously not how they don't, they don't, they don't match up, but I think the Orioles are going to come back to earth. The Yankees are going to be the, be the 2023 Yankees that they should be. And this series will be kind of the beginning of that recalibration in a lot of ways. Am I crazy for being a little bit worried about a letdown this weekend against Cincinnati? We just came back. We got we had four against Tampa, who is like probably our number one rival at this point in terms of like we hate Tampa Bay. And then Toronto between the accusations towards Judge and just we don't like Toronto and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. anyway. Eight, eight games against divisional opponents that we hate. And the, these games were electric. It was like come from behind stuff like energy level top top notch we talked about baseball being fun again to three games against the cincinnati reds who are not a factor for us this year at all like are we talking about a letdown like it's in the back of my mind a little bit i mean i guess i mean the yankees have been known to play down to their opponents in the past and tonight's a clark schmidt start so we'll see how that lefties in the lineup for cincinnati yeah I I i don't know what their lefties are looking like they got that actually, I don't think they have a lot. Okay, I can be. I, I, remember, I remember I was watching the John Boy Boone conversation, and you mentioned that you know there's only one like lefty in there, so maybe maybe it's a night for Clark Schmidt to succeed. I don't know. They have not announced a starter for tomorrow, so I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Brito. Are they going to? Would they do because they did the opener. opener for Brito last time? Would they do Cordero to Brito again? Do you do I that against the Reds? If they stay away from Cordero tonight, because he he pitched, I forget if I forget if it was last night or or the night before. But if they stay away from him, I think they could definitely use to use him as an opener. And then you're looking at Severino on Sunday, who's going to give you four, maybe five innings. But again, I think for when you're looking at a series against the Cincinnati Reds, you're looking for your offense to just yeah keep keep the foot on the gas, which is what they did in Toronto and judge needs to keep, keep hitting Rizzo needs to keep hitting Bader's kind of struggled a little bit in his last four games, but if he can get back on it and then, Hey, Hicks, Hicks had a three hit game Hicks, last night. Is so. Hicks back? We, is Hicks back? Who, who knows? Who knows? But the air, the errands in the last, in this past series, they've done well yeah. judge and Hicks. So the Yankees still have ways to go, but this series against Cincinnati, as long as they don't, have a letdown, they can keep part of the course and then set themselves up well for tough challenges against the Orioles and then the Padres in the next weekend as well. So Reds have one lefty and one switch hitter. The lefty is Jake Fraley, and that's only two lefty hitters on their entire roster. So that's big for Clark. And, and and do those guys like scare you at all? Jake Fraley's been good this year. Yeah. Um, but eh, scared's tough. Uh, the other thing, I, I saw this tweet from Jake Story Alley, who works for Jumbo Media, and I was like, it's it's just a great tweet. I think it was after Judge's home run last night. We're lucky to watch him. Like, at some point, you just have to, like, 
especially after like the accusations come out about him looking at the dugout and Toronto makes this big fuss about it. It was so like, I knew I was like, I almost wish I had put money on it. Like, yeah, judges going deep today, but it's so cool to see him like just crush them the rest of the series. And it's like, man, sometimes you have to sit back and be like, it's awesome. We get to watch this guy. He's raking for sure. And I, I mean, I saw, I don't know if you uh, follow like Carabas at all, but Carabas had a tweet where it's like, Oh yeah. I'm glad that Aaron judge is kind of spicing things up a little bit. And he got a little bit of heat for calling him, him boring as, as, as a negative thing. He's a great player, but I kind of like seeing an edge to judge. I think that'll make, you know, selfishly the, the Yankees. Edgy. The That's talk. the thing. Like, cause judges, he always gets talked about as like the perfect captain. He says all the right things. Yeah. He gets sneaky edgy. Like you were, I'm sure you remember that wild card series of the Yankees won a game and he walked through Fenway blasting yeah. New York, New York. Like judge has a little bit of it to that. Like he, he, he got up his sleep. Yeah. But he's, he's got that in there. I think he's way more edgy than he lets, than he lets it out. And it's like, it's fun. To sure. hear, it's fun to hear the Yankees blast bad blood after taking three out of four. Maybe that's that's crazy. When that's I, when I heard about that, in the locker room. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. That, that sounded awesome. But yeah, judge has been the humble guy, the textbook, like captain, like basic answers post game. But I mean, recently he's shown, he, Kind of gave a little eye thing when he reached base the other night. He's, he's admiring been, the he's home been, runs he's now. He's watching his home runs. He's he he doesn't he doesn't watch a lot of them. He usually goes head down and in the last week or so he's he's been watching them. So it started judge, with Tampa and it only got it only got better with Toronto. Yeah. So Judge has injected life back into the lineup and just having the captain back and then rallying around the guys like he has. It it's been fun to watch and the Yankees can hopefully continue this and remain fun to watch, but it remains to be seen. Who knows? Well, I, I think that's that's it for Yankees. I'd like to end this this podcast with, we mentioned it a little bit, but Yankee legend Gary Sanchez, he's on the Mets. I don't think we talked about it enough. I think we have to dive into this just a little bit. Is there any possibility that he gets back to like 2017 form and he's he's the crack? No. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but listen, listen, as much as I would love to speak it into existence. I need it so bad. Yeah, but he hit 160 in AAA with the Giants. Like, I don't, I don't know what we're looking for here. Did, and did he, you see Sebi's quote? You're not supposed to do well in AAA. That means you're big league ready. I don't uh, agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with that. But how funny would it be if Gary Sanchez has it click in with the Mets of all, of all teams? It would be hilarious to see. I don't think it's going to happen. Do I want it to happen? Kind of. He's homering in his first game, the first game that he starts. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. He's going to crack him up. Yeah, I can see that. He's striking out three times. He's going one for four with three strikeouts in the box. Yeah, and honestly, like, how long is he going to be up at the big league level? Because they just had a couple of injuries with their catchers, and then I mean, Nito hasn't been hitting at all. He hasn't. like... If Sanchez can just be even like I know Yankee fans hated like the 2019 on version of Gary Sanchez, but if he can be the guy that's like 700 OPSing and like gets you 15 and 20 bombs or like over the course of 162 pace, like I mean his his 2021 season offensively wasn't terrible. And he yeah, kind of got strikeouts. It's gonna get ugly at times, but even if he's like half of what Sanchez was at his peak with the Yankees, like offensively that's better than what Nito was doing yeah but listen we, we've seen him play in a New York market before and at the tail end of it it, it yeah, didn't it go well so 
as much as it would be awesome to see, I'm not going to get carried away and speak it into existence. I just, I got to, I got to push back on the whole Gary Sanchez's back narrative. You just hate good stories. You hate the pirates. I, I just don't, I just don't like fun. I'm sorry, guys. I, I said it with the pirates. I said the pirates are not for real and now they're hovering around 500. So I just, I just don't like fun. They won a game yesterday. They're back. They're back. They're back. They're so back. They're so back. Jihan Bay. Come on. All right. Enough Pirates talk. <laughs> enough Yankees talk. Enough Mets talk. Guys, it's been a blast. Always fun to do a nosebleeds. Always like to good to have a little bit of fun. Good that the New York teams are back. Appreciate you guys. We had, we had a great time today. Oh, listen. It's always it's always a blast. When the New York teams are winning, like the, these apps get fun. It's fun to not be like, man, baseball sucks. It's nice. It's nice to feel good about baseball. You gotta love it. You have to. Right. New York I, baseball. I, I, summer's here. Like, Right now, vibes are good. Check back with us in the next week, and we could be having a very different conversation with the fluctuations of the 2023 season for New Yorkers so far. You guys said vibes are great. Caleb, Brian, thank you so much. This has been Nosebleeds production of WFUV Sports.